Uh, when the Holy Spirit is working, that there's, there's a way that he works by a tapestry of working. And the thing about with the Holy Spirit is about, Holy Spirit, you know, lead us and let us see the tapestry of what. So God speaks in different ways, and that's the amazing thing. People sometimes experience him physically. People experience him um, speaking through the word. Different ways that God manifests himself in that. And it's like, it's so interesting to see how God actually fits and speaks to us about things. This morning, I wanted to share about something. I was woken up last week a number of times um, where I, um, I, I would be woken up with a specific time, like 1.15, 1.25 in the mornings, um, 3.16 twice. And then, so I thank you, Jesus. And so, uh, you know, and this, uh, what I've started to experience as well was the last t- two times, I think it was uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, something like this. So 3.16. And, I, and immediately as I saw my bedside clock, I see, again, John 3.16. And just what we're hearing that, I, I want to encourage you, do you know what? God sometimes will want to come and speak to you and just spend time with you, even when you're sleeping. The Bible says this, that he, he gives to his beloved, even in their sleep. Do you know what my daughter was, little girl, we would go and we'd just sit and stare at her. <laughs> Why is she sleeping? I'm telling you, the Father desires more. Just to come to you and just spend time with you. I'm telling you now. You think, oh, the Lord is for... I'm telling you, God is looking for opportunities just to speak to you. If you don't understand the heart of the Father in that way, it will always seem far away. And I just wanted to just share that concerning, even with the context of this. Even this morning, I really believe we've been sharing about the last couple of weeks about certain things about beauty for ashes. And this morning, I want to touch a thing, and I don't know if I'm going to get through this. It will be miraculous if I do. Um, but there's really, I believe, right now um, what God is saying. And remember, when we minister the Word of God in this house, we don't just give messages. We give what God is saying from heaven and speaking it. We don't just give a motivational message. Motivation will keep you going for the week, but not for your life. So when you have the Word of God, it sustains you for the journey. Amen? Elijah was fed with angel food. Kept in game for 40 days. You know that? One meal. And this morning I believe there's something God wants to deposit. Now, I really believe and I've seen the body of Christ. Remember a couple of weeks ago that, that I saw that tunnel of fire. And I know we have fire tunnels where we pray for the people when they run through. We, we love doing that, having fun with the Spirit of God and see what He wants to do. But I saw this fire and I, saw, I still see it in the Spirit where people are going through but there's light. That's the good news. And you're not alone in this. But I want to share and I want to give you some clarity on this. And I want us to quickly look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1 verse 1. Sorry, uh, verse 2 to 8. James chapter 1 verse 2 to 8. And it says this. And this morning, if I want to give a subject, uh, uh, if I can show you, I've written about five or six different subjects for the name of the message. The reason being, it just it just hammers in different things that are really, really strong. If I can just maybe speak about maturity this morning. Maturity. The process and the fire that we go through is so that we become more like Christ. The aim of even this, this congregation, this house, is to see Christ formed in you. Paul says, I labor until Christ is formed in you. All right, and we see here in the book of James how... Um, 
The Bible says in verse 2, let me read this, uh, James 1 verse 2. My brethren, count in all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no one doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let, okay, let's, okay, let's, let me, verse 7, for let not uh, that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Verse 8, he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now the thing is this, guess what, um, before we go into trials or that, what the Bible says, count the trials as joy. And people sitting here, and those that are listening later on the internet, people are busy going through different trials and that. But I want to encourage you because this is an encouraging word. So, count it all joy when you go through different trials. Now, the thing is this, it, it, it really is about your attitude. Um, I learned many years ago, I can't remember who said this thing, but your attitude, I think uh, Matt, uh, John Maxwell said, your attitude determines your altitude. If your attitude is bad, that's where you're going to live at. If your altitude is high, it's going to take you up. If your altitude determines your attitude. The thing is this, um, when you and I encounter different trials and things that we go through, um, you're not on the way to some place and, and you know, it's, it's this thing that you're not going somewhere and encounter. It's something that you're in, you're walking in. This is a trial that you're going through. The thing about what this scripture refers to here is that it speaks of a metaphor of what is happening. Like in verse 6, it says here, He who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. How are the waves created? The waves are created by the wind. The wind is an external factor. Okay? So, the wind is not part of the sea. So, what happens is that the wind creates the surge and the wind creates the waves. Alright? So, for you and I to understand it's not a lasting thing. The wind is not the lasting thing on the sea. So keep in mind that um, we're on a journey and, and guess what? We're going to encounter trials. Just switch that one off, please. So we, we're on a journey and guess what? We're going to encounter trials. So I, I'm, I'm giving you the truth here this morning, the word. I'm not giving you sugar-coated gospel. It is the truth. We're going to go through trials. Count it all joy when you and I go through different trials. I told you when we're born again... We are born into a battle on earth. There's a spiritual battle. Either the devil's going to use you or God's going to use you. You must just choose how you want to be used or by who you want to be used. So trials, um, basically the word that is used here for trial, listen to this. The word that is used here for trial is the same word in Greek as test. But it's also the word test is also the same word used for temptation. Alright, what am I saying? If the same word, yeah, for trial or test is the same word as temptation, right? What it means is the outcome is determined, it determines if it was a test 
to make you and I stronger or if it was a temptation to destroy you. So the outcome of what you're going through determines whether was it a test or was it a temptation. If it's a test, you're going to come out better. If it was a temptation, it's to destroy you. So count it all joy when you go through, whether it's a test or it's the, 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 the trial, the, sorry, the temptation. So the outcome will show you, was it this thing? From where? Okay, you with me? Okay, so this metaphor is basically, you're speaking of the sea, speaking of the ocean. This metaphor, yeah. And um, who knows that the sea is a few kilo- kilometers deep? Isn't that so? So, so what happens is, um, what we are speaking about now is of the surface of the sea. This is this metaphor, yeah. So the surface of the sea is affected by the wind. And the thing is, the wind cre- creates temporary things. Hello? We have wind blowing in our lives and it creates temporary things and the ways that, that, that cause you to, to basically to, um, you know, causes your boat to capsize. Alright, so these winds that are blowing in our lives, it can be they want into its external force and they want to actually create your boat to, uh, to, to capsize. So we will encounter these things in our lives. Alright? What we need to watch for though is a tsunami. Because a tsunami is not caused from the top, it's caused from the bottom of the ocean. And that I'll touch on as well in a minute if I get there. So, um, tsunamis in our lives have actually to do with character. Alright? Sometimes the tsunami happens is because of compromise in our lives. That happens at the ocean floor. So the thing is, our character, which is or becomes compromised, what happens is that we create something from within the bottom of the ocean or the sea of our lives. So whatever is agitating us will come from the outside. There's this agitation, like the wind on our lives. There's this agitation that comes from the outside. So if it's the wind... It is on the outside. It's an outside agent. Okay? If it's internal, it has to do with character. It has to do with this character flaw in our lives, and God wants to work on it. Now, all of us have these aspects. We go through a test or the temptation. A lot that we have to do, has to do with in our lives is... is is where God is busy forming us. I say our internal world is more important than the external world. What is being formed in us is what will manifest through us. God is looking for transformed lives to transform cities and nations. So that is why people don't like many times uh, apostolic-based churches. Why? I say again, it is to form Christ in people. And when someone starts putting their finger on you, not someone necessary, but when the Holy Spirit starts emphasizing things and dealing with things, we don't like it, we pack our bags and we run. But I want to be more like Jesus. And I hope that is your design, your lives. Just by the way, the word character, the original meaning of the word has actually two meanings. The word is charasu. 
it's just, I don't want to impress you with that word, but I remember it because it was one of the key words God gave me when I got saved. And what it means is when you mint a coin, the impression left on a coin is the word that means character. The other meaning of the Greek word of character is when you take a sharp instrument and you cut and you make a mark on leather. That's the word character. So rather the imprint of God's hand in my life than the flaw in my life. Alright? So we want to be more like Jesus. And a lot of people don't like that. So when the heat becomes hot and the anointing, the presence of God, he's starting to touch. Awesome. And then because of his love, as we heard about his love, he's so richly poured out that God has seen us and sure. John 3.16 for God. So basically he's saying to me in the last couple of nights, waking me up, 16 minutes past 3. You know, he sends a human. Obviously he doesn't sleep or slumber, but I do. And he says, Shaul, for I so loved you that I gave my only son for you. That you should not perish, but that you should have eternal life. Wow. Wow. You know, just my boy, wake up. I want to just tell you something. I'm in love with you. I'm more, far more in love with you than you could ever be with me. I'm telling you, it's, not the f- it's the love of God that causes you to change. Religion keeps you in a form of do's and don'ts. That's what the religion says. Do this, don't do that. Do this, don't do that. Love causes you to change. Punishment doesn't change you. Love does. Alright. <clears throat> Alright, why should I consider it all joy? That's a good question. Eh? Why should I consider it all joy? You see, when people, when people, why should I consider it joy when people sue me? Why should I consider it joy when people betray me? Why should I consider it joy when someone comes and stabs me in the back? Anyone experience that? Why should I consider it joy that I lose my work? Why should I consider it joy that this person just totally disappoints me? Why should I consider it joy? Because That is the test of your faith. That will produce endurance. That is the test. That's what it says. The test of your faith is that you will, it will produce endurance. You know, there's a lot of Christians that are so deep. A centimeter. And God says, I want the depths in you. I want to form and mold you. That this depth of who I am can be in you and come through you. And he's looking for this depth, not this superficialness in us. So, <clears throat> your faith, so when, the, when, the, when, when he says your, the test of faith which produces endurance. So your faith becomes stronger. How do you um, exercise your faith? Through trials and tests. Guys, if you... If you don't have tests and trials, how do you have, you know, how do you exercise your faith? Because faith brings things that look impossible, makes it possible. Alright? Verse 4 says, um, let endurance, verse 4, but let patience and its perfect work, um, have its perfect work in you and be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. In other words, patience is also endurance. Let endurance, which is triggered by testings, have a perfect result. So, which means what? Don't quit. You see, a lot of us quit when we're going through the tests and the trials. 
I'm telling you, I, I rather, I take it, uh, like my mom and dad, some of you will know what I'm speaking about, once a month we heard a call sign. And it was like, you know, the sound, the sound, sound like, you know, Tarzan. Everyone heard Tarzan's call? Well, when your mom and dad calls in a certain tone, you know it's time for castor oil. Some of you won't know what I'm speaking about. And once a month, castor oil. Some of you, I can see, has never touched it. Come upon your lips. Or the other one was the worst for me in my life was, I know 90% might not know this, is marimba jam. Anyone know that? Anyone? Marimba jam. Oh my goodness. I get it and I get shivers if I think of it. Absolute from hell. Anyway. Um, never the same again though. Or the bathroom. So that stuff, you know when it comes and it gets given, you know, here is the time. This is the day the Lord never made this day. And uh, But anyway, those trials and tests, I don't know where I was, but I was somewhere. It must have been the test and the trial. So let endurance which is triggered by testing have a perfect result. So don't quit. Okay? Romans 28 says, All things work to the good of those who love God and are called into his, according to His purpose. So um, all things work to the good. Guys, you might be going through something right now. But God says, all things, I'm going to work it out for those who... Uh, it's, that, it's, going to be, it's going to turn out. There's a good story. Just don't quit. You know, don't give up because God will never give up on you. So, what you and I are going through today is not the last chapter. I'm telling you now. You know, this is not the last chapter you're going through. I mean, there's, there's areas and stuff and stuff I've faced in my life. I'm telling you, I thought it was the last chapter. And this was especially before I was saved. And then there came times afterwards. But it's not the last chapter. Whatever you're going through, the last chapter will be the best chapter. Woo-hoo! It's not how you start, it's how you finish is important. Okay? So we need to accept the, the testings of our faith. That produces endurance. If you're not tested, you don't have endurance. Verse 4, so that we may be made perfect, which means what? The word there, perfect, means mature. We're becoming more. We need to, we represent the Father. We're the body of Christ on earth. So we need to look more like Christ. Alright? So that we may be made perfect. Mature, okay. Verse 4, it says, lacking nothing. What makes a trial or a test so um, threatening? Listen to me. What makes a trial or a test so threatening in our lives? Do you know what it is? It's about what will we lose? I'll lose my house. I'll lose a family member. I'll never get married one day. I want to get married and I'll never get married. There's this fear that comes and knocks at our door. So, Holy Spirit is just reminding me now, as we were worshipping, I saw this vision I'll just shared quickly, touching with this. I saw this, this big crocodile. And I saw this crocodile with wire through its jaws. So it's holding the mouth closed. And I felt, as I was worshipping, I felt, Lord, what are you saying to us as a house? And I feel there's many people that are here that experience that the enemies come to kill, steal, destroy. But I saw this crocodile's mouth wide up. And the next minute while I was worshipping up front here, I saw the wires breaking. I thought, oh, oh, what now? 
I thought, Lord, did you come wire the crocodile's mouth? And I just felt the Holy Spirit say to me, because I saw the mouth open. And when I saw the mouth open, the wires breaking, there was no teeth in the crocodile's mouth. Fear. Fear equals false evidence appearing real. So why does trials and tests feel threatening? Is about it's what will be taken away from us. And I want to tell you something, when that comes upon you, where you in a situation because you want to be in control of it, then you suddenly see what comes out your thinking and your heart. Is it only me? When do you know you have a stink bug sitting on you? Is when you give it pressure. How do you know what's inside you is when there's pressure on you? That's when you stink. Isn't that so? Alright? So, we have no control over tomorrow. Hello? You know I don't have a control over tomorrow. We have only this moment that we're living in right now. Okay? So, tests and trials, what do they do? They agitate what might happen one way or the other. So, tests come to agitate what might happen one way or the other. The Bible says, consider it all joy. Why? I'm glad you asked me. Why must I consider joy? You see, because if you go through the whole process, the Bible says, you will lack nothing. So the devil is telling you, he will take away this. He's going to take it away. Let me tell you something. He won't be able to take it away. Some things will be taken, listen to me, some things will be taken away temporarily. Like Job. Remember Job? He lost everything. All his children, wife, all his possessions. But, if you read the whole book of Job, it's pretty long and boring and depressing. But the last chapter says everything was given back double. Everything was given back double. Alright? Everything was given back double. So, you will be a mature and stronger when that happens. So we go through things. We go through the tests. We go through the trials. Alright? So, before Jesus, listen to me, before Jesus told Peter so he, that... What happened is that the devil came and, if you read this, um, where the devil asked Jesus and he says, um, I want to sift Peter like wheat. You read that? I want to sift Peter like wheat. The devil tells Jesus, I want to sift Peter like wheat. Do you know the context of that? What, What happened then? Can I tell you? Would you like to know? So what actually the context was is that in the context of when this was asked was when the apostles were gathering together to hear who was the greatest of them all. Alright? So the context where the devil comes, can I, can I test this, you know, and, and can, I, can, I, can this Peter and, that, and Jesus, the context was what? These apostles are trying to, well, I'm going to sit at the right hand. I'm going to sit, where are you going to sit? How important are you? This was the context of what was busy happening. So, how do we picture Peter 
uh, at this gathering. So he's at this gathering probably, and he's probably saying, uh, I'm the one who walked on the water. You know, he's probably telling his other apostles, you know, friends. And, uh, um, and Jesus is actually telling him, you actually will go through hell, just don't stop there. You see, when you go through this, you'll be strong and confirm. The Bible speaks about you will confirm your brothers. It's not about you anymore. It's not about me. You see, Peter walked in water. And what happens is, when he was sinking, he gets rescued by Jesus. And Jesus... Uh, sorry, and Peter then walks with Jesus and enters the boat. You see, when Jesus entered the boat, the storm ceased. When Peter entered the boat, the storm ceased. So even the threat or the fear he imagined or he faced suddenly disappeared. That's when he gets into the boat. But Peter had to go through this process. We've seen the miraculous. I'm telling you, you've seen the miracles and stuff in your finances, in relationships, whatever. And the next minute, a few months later, you face the same storm. You know? Have you, can you, have you got some fish or bread here? Oh, we didn't, we didn't bring any lunch. But you fed 5,000. Now there's 4,000. Didn't you learn? Didn't you get it? Jesus said, didn't you learn? You've, you've just seen this miraculous thing. Alright? These things that happen. These processes that we're going through in life. Alright. So, um, trials creates pr- a process. Trials test our faith. And our faith produces endurance. And endurance yields maturity. We'll be transformed from glory to glory to look like who? Christ. And this is the most basic truth in the Word of God. And sometimes I just wonder, has the body not understood? The, the whole idea is to mature, to become mature like Christ. To walk like He did, talk like He did. People see, they're looking for Jesus. He's not here. He's sitting in heaven. His body's here. So they've got to see Jesus in you and me. You've got to walk like him, talk like him, alright? So, what happens in Paul's life? So, we see that, uh, uh, we see this also in Paul's life, where, do you know that, um, we, what we understand is that the book of Galatians is one of the first letters that Paul wrote. And, um, you know, Paul speaks a bit differently in the book of Galatians. And basically, um, basically, he comes up with a pretty cocky. This is Apostle Paul. We'll have a chat one day anyway. So um, He comes over a bit, you know, arrogant, cocky. He says, because what it says there in Galatians, it says, When I went to Jerusalem, I met with the apostles and they taught me nothing. Basically, that's what he said. What it actually says is, I'm the apostle by the grace of God, not the approval of man. That's what the scripture says. So what he's saying is, listen, I'm not because of your approval. I am the apostle. <laughs> By the grace of God, not by what you think. Now, this is in Galatians. This is one of the earliest letters that he writes. You know, none of us feel like that, eh? 
You know, I prayed for this person, they got healed. I prayed for four more, they got healed. And we can't understand next minute, you know, God starts dealing with you. He said, my son, I love what you're doing, but I want you to learn something more. <laughs> Just step into the fire with me, boy. <laughs> you all love that, eh? Uh, don't lie now. <laughs> we don't like the fire as long as you know who's with us. But anyway, so Paul, what happens? He writes then, the next thing he writes to is to the Corinthian church. And when he writes to the Corinthian church, he had been around the block a few times now. Alright, so what he, what he faced, he started to face his own challenges in his life. Okay, and then he starts saying this in the, in the, to the Corinthians, I'm the least of the apostles. This is what he starts saying to the Corinthians. I'm the least, so in the first, you know, I'm not by man's choice, you know, I'm by, you know, God, by God's grace I'm an apostle. Yeah, later he says, you know what? Yeah, he starts to go through a lot of things. He says, I'm the least of apostles. And then when Paul writes to Timothy, and basically, which was one of his last letters, he then says, so Timothy, um, he writes to him, this is one of his last letters. He then says this, I'm the worst of sinners. There's a difference being, it's good to have confidence. Make sure your confidence is also in the Lord, mainly, eh? So what happens, you see Paul's self-esteem basically decreased in his journey. And maturity is not diminishing the opinion of ourselves, okay? So, so maturity is not diminishing the opinion about ourselves. But it is to put the opinion in the trust of Jesus. Alright, so whatever you are going through, count it all joy, Okay? Why? Because there's a purpose in it, and you will lack nothing. There's a purpose in it. So, um, my wife and that recently finished this big puzzle, and I was still wondering, oh my goodness, this is a big puzzle. You put a lot of time in that, and literally you put the last one or two in, and it's finished. And it's like, it's finished! What now? I, I normally think, I didn't tell her, I think, what now? And uh, the thing is, do you know that the puzzle looks beautiful with this beautiful picture and stuff that, that is on there? And, uh, but do you know that if you turn the puzzle the other way around, on the flip side, it has all brokenness? So when Paul makes a statement like this, You see the beauty because it's covered the ashes. The flip side of the puzzle is a lot of cracks. And that's the walk that each one of us will walk because the beauty that will be revealed will be of Jesus. You see, every good thing in our lives on the flip side was many times formed out of a crisis. And I'm sharing this with you is because for many, many, many Christians that I've seen over the years, in 30 years now of ministry, where Christians stopped, where Christians gave up, do we all go through crisis? Every single one of us. Do all of us go through trials and tests? Everyone. Do all of us go through temptations? All of us. Just don't stop. 
because there's a beauty that's coming forth. You see, Jesus, not everyone in the church is part of the bride. Not everyone who's in church is part of the bride. Because that's the parable of the five wise and the five unwise virgins. There was a wedding feast and there were other people also there. Do you know Jesus is the potter? And we are in his hands. We're in his hands. If you're not yielded and surrendered, then every time you pull yourself up, you try to pull yourself up. And there's impurities in that clay as well sometimes. And whoops, you get a speed bump. All of us get the speed bump as we spin it. Alright, so this is the key. He is making us into a better vessel. Alright? We've been broken. There's brokenness in all of our lives and God's making things into better. Uh, he's just, just more and more. There's more beauty coming, coming out. I'm telling you, the most amazing Christians I've met, sit down with them for a while and listen to their life story. Then you'll see where the beauty comes from. Alright? So, how do I implement it? How do I implement this? You see, um, it's not about having knowledge, but it is having wisdom. Um, wisdom is actually the application of knowledge. Alright? It's, it's having the wisdom to apply knowledge that we have, that we've learned. So, trials make me stronger. But how do I implement it? Excuse me. Um, how do I implement it? We need to ask God to give us the grace. Some of us try to do it in our own strength. The Bible says those who seek will find. Do you know that there's always a ram in the bush? And you sometimes have to look beyond what you put on the altar to find the ram. Very key for people what are sitting here and listening this morning. That's what I'm saying. I want to repeat what I said. There's many times a ram. Remember the ram with, um, where Isaac was going to be sacrificed. Um, And uh, there's many times a ram that is there. But sometimes our focus is more what we've given up or going through, what we've put in the altar, than what God has given us. You receive that? I really felt when I put that, that is something very specific for people. There's some people sitting here, there's things you've put in the altar. But God says, take your eyes off the altar and start looking for my provision because it's in the bush. It's next to, it's not right on the altar. It's, it's past that. Hello? That's where I spoke about many Christians who would have gone through hurt. When I spoke about mourning a few weeks ago, it is there's a place for mourning. Every one of us. Every one of us. Whatever mourning for a loved one, a, a mother, a father, a sister, brother, child, whatever. But don't get stuck in your mourning. Don't get stuck there. 
take your, move your eyes away, look for the provision. What is the provision? It's the grace for God for, to give you the strength in that situation. All right? So, um, verse 5 here, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, if you lack it, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. All right? So, it will be given to him, and let him ask without doubting. You see, faith is not getting things. All right? But faith is having the assurance that you will get it. Faith is not about getting things. Faith is having the assurance you will get it. The Bible says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Amen? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. So, Job didn't get it. Until the last chapter. Remember, when you lose or you have loss in your life, I think I posted it. I don't know if I posted it recently. But this thing, whenever you lose, whatever you lose, right, God will always replace that what you've lost. Whatever test or trial you go through, God will replace. You see, we think this is it. We think this is it. I'm telling you, God is not a liar and He doesn't lie in His word. He gives you beauty for ashes. Don't get stuck at the altar. Find grace, okay? So, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Alright, so when you are doubting, you are like the waves of the sea. Alright, so when you doubt, you like the waves of the sea. They've been moved by the external agent, alright? So, you're living in a state of mind artificially created by elements outside of your own character and person. Guys, we can always have circumstances. It's like I said this before, where do you ever find an economist with only one hand? Economists will say, on the one hand, we're going to have a good year. On the other hand, we're not. You don't get an economist, that my father taught me that, anyway. About economists, anyway. So, I'm going to just try crash land in just give me five minutes. All right. So I want to touch just this other facet which we did touch on. So there can also be internal currents in an ocean. So in an ocean, you get the external agents, the wind blowing in the waves. But you have also internal currents in an ocean, right? So we all have these internal currents happening. For, for um, at, you know, where we have these currents, we want a better marriage. We want godly children. We, want, we have these things inside us. We know we're not going to settle. We, there's these currents inside. And what happens is um, this causes the surface not to remain flat. All right. So on the one hand, the wind escalates things, but the waves and the wind are not the ocean. We will encounter waves, that, that's, that, um, um, which is fine. But hopefully it's not a tsunami. Okay, so the thing about a tsunami is that it happens when something breaks on the inside or the bottom of the ocean. Okay? And this might be something of character in us. It might be of integrity. It might be concerning holiness. It might be commitment to God. Whatever that character thing is. And God is serious about working on our character. Many Christians run from this. This is what I'm telling you now. 
So when I preach this, people will run. Because when God puts his finger in areas, why? Because he loves us. He will not leave us the same. And so this is where the other process takes place in us. And what happens is when, when, uh, when the, this starts happening, is like in verse 6 to 8, it says, James 1, 6 to 8 says, um, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for if he doubts, he's like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Right? And you see, this person becomes unstable in all their ways. So what happens is there's a stronghold um, in their lives, and this has an impact in their lives in all areas. So whether a character flaw is in your life, it's going to affect your other areas of your life. The character flaw here affects all other areas. And guess what? It's not always immediately. (laughs) It's not always immediately. But it's normally in the worst possible moment that it affects you. So, these are the hidden flaws. These are the hidden flaws and... um, and that, that are in our lives. Um, yeah, we know that Jacob, we know the life of Jacob. Remember, he uh, struggles with the angel of the Lord. And we know that he becomes Israel. And he walks off and he walks away. He's limping. Because the Lord, he, he, he took hold of the Lord God. And he says, oh, because his whole life was a deception. His whole life was just a mess. That was his track record. And he said, I'm not letting a hold of God until God does something in my life. And I want to tell you something. It takes something from you and me to say, God, you've got to deal with this in my life. You've got to deal with this until my walk changes. Because when he walked away, he had a different walk. When God dealt with him. And a lot of us don't like that. That's why we don't let him deal with us. That's why we continue going to cycles of repetition. Have a look at the repetition things in your life. You'll see... There's areas God's taken to you and you've walked away from. God's taken you because you need to look and to find the grace and the strength to go through. So one of the things we started, even this house more, is a thing of just a discipleship facet of, listen, you can't walk this road alone. It's, it's a step at a time, man. Please, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to disciple anyone. If you just, man, I was doing that in one week, two weeks, what people are doing now. You know, praying for the sick, you know, praying for this and seeing it happen. The thing is, some of us want knowledge more than we want an experience. And I'd rather have someone who's had experience with God than just the knowledge. Let's not go on that rabbit trail. Alright, so we can lose everything, but will we still praise God like Jacob did? I want to tell you something. You and I, I say the fear that knocks on your my door is what we will lose. And God says, I hold you in my hand. Whatever you lose, I will give you back and I'll give a double. The enemy always comes and knocks on our door, you know. He always knocks on the door. Yeah, but you know, the bank account, if it's zero, if this is not there, you know. You see, God will give us back everything. Why? Because we have grown in maturity. You and I need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. When God is silent, and it's just me that sometimes experiences like that. When God is silent, He's not absent. 
He's such a good father. Because he knows every hair that I've still got in my head. He knows my thoughts from afar. He knows when I rise up, when I go to sleep. And then he wakes me up still. Just to say, I love you, my boy. I gave my son for you. I just want to remind you. I just want to remind you. I'm pursuing you. You think you're pursuing me. I'm pursuing you more than you can ever pursue me. And I want to tell you, when you know his love, his love changes you. The power of love changes everything. If I perish, I perish pursuing you. It's not how you start in life, but how you finish. If I suddenly get cancer or if I suddenly lose a loved one, do I quit? How many Christians quit because they lose someone? If my bank account goes to zero, will I still serve God? Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. I will not let you go until you change my walk in life. That word he fought with the angel of the Lord is a capital A. Most of us understand it as it was actually Jesus that he fought with. And he was like, okay, I'm going to fight with God, please. Try it. And he says, and he prevailed. Because God is looking for our hearts that are set in him. Amen. Well, I've had to crash land this one, but I really just believe there's a there's something that God is doing and that even for you this morning that God wants us to count it all joy when we go through trials, when we go through the external agents affecting this life of ours, whether it is all the tsunamis inside, these things that are broken that God comes and says, I want to restore and heal you. Because only under pressure will be seen what is inside you. And God knows our hearts, even though we might have some outward expression which is different. Alright? Let's just stand. I'm going to pray for you. Hallelujah. Father, I want to just pray right now just for every person here and everyone listening. And Lord, I want to pray that um, we would make a conscious decision and say, Lord, just, I want to mature. I want to be like you, Jesus, in character and likeness, the way you walked, the way you talked. And, and Lord, when we go through these trials and these storms, I pray, Father, that, that we'd know that there's nothing we can lose. Because whatever would be lost, you would give double back. And we refuse fear to come around just like this terrible master-looking crocodile and fear. But what if? What if this happens? What if the mouth opens? Oh my goodness, the mouth is open. Oh, he has no teeth. Lord, may we see in a new light this morning. I pray for a release and breakthroughs happening right now. I pray for new ways of thinking and, and just new hearts that are turned just to set, set on you, Lord, that will understand your ways 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just want to decree and declare breakthroughs. Even in this week, in whatever battle people are busy fighting right now, whatever area, that we release and we say, fear, you false evidence appearing real, just be gone in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just, we just fall in your hands. Lord, we, we want to fall on the rock of our salvation. We don't want the rock to fall on us. And Lord, we just lay our lives down before you and say, Lord, whatever fear, whatever challenge we're sitting with, we just decree breakthroughs even in this week, whatever area. We receive by faith the assurance. Faith now. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Lord, that we have assurance and hope that you are a good, good Father. In Jesus' name, amen.